Welcome to Data Decisions with Jason. Uh, this is Drew Chambers, VP of Marketing for Chorus. I'm here with uh, my friend and boss, uh, Jason Abramitis, the CEO of Chorus. Uh, this is a new series that we're going to be doing on a, a, probably a weekly basis, um, but we'll go through some um, dives into various analyses that uh, Jason has performed in the past, some client work that he's done, some case studies, really focused around how data can inform better decisions for you and your business. Um, we'll also get into some fun stuff and some personal stuff as well. Uh, but with that, Jason, welcome to uh, your show. Yeah, good. Good to be here. I guess uh, it's uh, it's it's really nice to start this series and, and looking at some of the topics we'll cover today. I think uh, hopefully we can find uh, an audience with folks who feel the same way as us. We're not looking to uh, to change everybody's mind because I think there's a lot of businesses that uh, want to do things what we feel is the right way, and, and we'd love to help them. Awesome. So just to start, um, a little bit of background. Tell us a little bit why you started Chorus, how you started Chorus, and, and uh, a little bit on your background personally. Yeah, I think the uh, you know one of the short versions is uh, describe myself as a formerly terrible employee. I just you know was uh, difficult to manage, but I think more seriously uh, was a buyer in the space. Uh, we were consultants and often had to buy. Uh, market research data to validate the assumptions that we were using to uh, to guide recommendations. Uh, the data was either too expensive or slow, and, and uh, when we saw what those invoices looked like, uh, got jealous and, and beyond the frustration and said, well, you know, that looks like an industry that if it's causing me this frustration and it gets to charge that much, that's something that I think we should look at and, and see if we can change. That's awesome. So your personal background obviously started with consulting, but uh, Take us back. Uh, you played college basketball. Basketball's always been a big part of your life. Uh, first and foremost, who you like left in the uh, the Final Four now? Yeah, I, I think, you know, right now, just pulling for Virginia. Uh, I have a little bit of a personal bias there. One of their assistant coaches, Jason Wilford's a, a longtime family friend, and actually uh, met my wife uh, through a, a guy who was a, a longtime coach there and uh, used to go down to their games every year as a kid. Um, and so I would, would love to see them do well and, and finally break through. That's awesome. So how, how does that basketball background, uh, how does that come into your everyday life? How does that come into work with Chorus? Um, does it does it come into to work with Chorus? Yeah, I think it, it does. And, uh, you know, we'll get into a topic that actually relates to this later. I think uh, there's a lot of examples that we, uh, we use from whether it's basketball or other parts of our life that help to make things that we do make sense to people. Uh, because statistics are just not necessarily intuitive and, and some of the things that we do require some analogies. Uh, I just used this example today as, as we were talking about sample sizes that at this point in the NBA season, you have a pretty good sense who the best teams are. Uh, and so you actually don't need as much sample as you might think. Um, Spoiler, it's not the Knicks, my my favorite team. No, and, and I think, you know, <laughs> the Knicks, we probably needed about 15 games to figure out where they, <laughs> yeah. uh, where they stood, yeah. but... Um, you know, that, that's one of the most direct examples that I think, you know, just being a part of a team obviously is, is something that relates to any uh, small or large business and, and finding your roles and helping each other out. Uh, it's something that we look for and, and who we hire uh, is folks that aren't just uh, looking at how they do their job, but how they can make everyone around them better. That's that's great. So, you know, I'd say that the overall mission of, of Chorus is really to to make 
this type of market research and analysis uh, available uh, on a broader scale to make really robust tools available to, to individuals that, that need them. What, what would you say is one um, market research tool or study that you've performed for clients that you think every, every company, regardless of size, regardless of industry, uh, should be performing or thinking about? Um, and maybe they aren't already. Yeah, I think, you know, at, at one of the most basic levels, one of the things that we really stand out for is, is ensuring that we're doing some sort of driver analysis with any of our work uh, and, and making sure that we understand what the real root causes are of uh, whatever our target metric is, whether it's satisfaction or whether it's uh, you know, revenue or, or some other measure that we're, we're driving towards. Uh, I think that's something that our, our team does really well is, is questioning root assumptions uh, as well as working with clients to come up with the right hypotheses to test uh, to make sure that they're included in that driver analysis to say, uh, does the booking experience really matter at all in terms of uh, which flight you're going to choose or is it entirely price? Uh, you know, does it matter if the seat's comfortable or not or people are going to come back to you? Uh, and so those sorts of questions are, are things that uh, are intuitive in a lot of contexts, but I, I think uh, it's often insightful to see what the reality is and what the relative importance is uh, and where your efforts should be focused. So to, you're getting ready to start a driver analysis. What's the first thing that you should that you should kind of have a good grasp of um, if you're going to DIY it or if you're going to talk with the with an analyst? What's that What's that first piece that you should really know? Yeah, I think you know it, it sounds obvious and it sounds basic, but what is it that you're looking to improve? Uh, too often, some of our clients come to us and, and say that you know we need to know X, and, and we have to ask the question several times. Why do you need to know that? What what is it that we're trying to change? What is it that we're trying to really understand here? Um, you know, if we're trying to make an improvement in customer experience, are we trying to make an improvement in purchase frequency or loyalty? Are we trying to bring in new customers? Right, that strategic objective needs to be understood, uh, and that guides really what needs to be asked first and foremost in in the survey. Um, that is something that can take time and it's it's worth it to get it right. Uh, beyond that, those hypotheses are, are, of what are actually causing that to be a success or a failure with customers that we go after is really the next place to spend the time and effort. And it's something that, as you mentioned, can be done DIY uh, if you're capable of, of guiding your team through that. Though in, in many cases, uh, you know, our team and, and the experts that we, uh, we bring to bear uh, our, our network uh, are very good at, at teasing those things out with a really unbiased external view. And that's something that uh, obviously causes the whole consulting industry to, to exist is, is how much easier it is to see something from the outside. Great. Um, what would you say is kind of the most misunderstood or, or maybe uh, most uh, incorrectly performed analysis that you see? So like, a, you know, a client's coming to you and saying, hey, I did, I did X. And I thought that this was the result, but it, it that might not be the case. And, and through evaluation, you determine that that is uh, the case. Yeah, I think there's there's a couple things that come to mind. Uh, one thing that's maybe the most misunderstood, I brought up sample size. Uh, right? Folks think that you need 10,000 respondents to, to get to significance. Uh, and part of that's driven by one of the most prominent examples of, of, uh, of survey data, which is in polling for, for politics, where... You're looking to get to absolute percentages and know who's going to win a vote that's going to be very close. Uh, that's not necessarily the, the same uh, situation as in a business context and in, in trying to understand directional things that are more often than not 50-50 splits. Uh, not 50-50 splits, rather. Uh, I think that's one part that, that we often deal with and, and it's something that we have to get our clients over. You know, you can actually uh, use less data. And, and 
for us, you know, we make more money when we sell more data. So that's us being very honest with you. Uh, you should really take that advice and take the uh, the discount. Um, another thing that we see a lot of is, is clients really uh, not necessarily understanding uh, the biases that are introduced into their efforts as they go through it, whether it's the data that they source, uh, the way that they ask questions, the sequence, the exclusions, right? The, there's a yeah. lot, lot to be told from what's not been asked and therefore not been analyzed to say what's actually causing things. Um, and so that process of being exhaustive is something that we see our clients really uh, afraid of and, and spending a lot of time uh, trying to make sure that they are exhaustive in, in their, their survey efforts. Uh, we do have retargeting capabilities to avoid that post-survey regret and, and sometimes much like having an outside view uh, in understanding what you need to know. Uh, similarly, it's, it's just a lot easier to see, oh, we forgot to ask this after you do a study sure. uh, than it is to think through all of it fr up front. Uh, and so we've tried to account for that in a, a programmatic way. Do you have a, like a very specific example of some of the, like an example of bias that somebody might bring into an analysis? Yeah, I think, you know, uh, sometimes our, our, our clients think that their customers are a certain uh, segment and uh, just haven't even considered that maybe there's a, a use. And, you know, there's obviously been some talk about the, the varied uses of Viagra for other, uh, you know, for, for women in, in handling menstrual cramps and, and mm -hmm. how much of a missed opportunity that was. And I think um, that sort of a bias of we think this product is for X, we didn't consider that someone might use it a different way. Uh, goes into a lot of our product development efforts. Um, another example is price sensitivity testing. Uh, so hmm. some of our clients think that the limits are much narrower than they actually are, depending on how you can either bundle or frame a product uh, with other products or services, or depending on which niche audience you really want to sell to. If, if you are in a much better position selling a thousand of something at a thousand dollars each rather than you know 10,000 of them at one dollar a piece, I, I take that former case every day yeah. uh, and, and our clients uh, are, are often looking at how to grow rather than how to be the best business they can be. Now that's, those are, those are great examples. Um, so I'll just kind of bring this in for, for a landing here, but um, you know, going forward, just giving, giving uh, the audience a, a sense of what to expect here. I know from my end, I'll, I'll obviously try to, to question you on, on, like I said, various use cases, various opportunities to um, understand how the analysis and some of the things that we talk about in the hard math series with with Kevin, how those uh, can apply to to the business case. But what are some of the things that you think uh, uh, will be of, of interest to you to discuss on, on this podcast going forward? Yeah, I think, you know, for one thing, uh, this is probably and hopefully going to be the driest of these. We, we'd like to keep these light yeah. and make this, <laughs> yeah. to, you know, the, the sort of listening that you listen uh, during the day, not to put you to sleep. Uh, but I think in terms of topics and, and what we want to put forward, uh, what I'd say is that we're going to be looking at the ways that, as you said, Kevin's hard math can actually be applied and useful. Uh, the last thing that we ever want to do is uh, something that doesn't actually benefit our clients. And, and we do turn away opportunities that uh, we determine with our clients are not actually going to be useful because um, it's it's really not helpful for us to build a long-term relationship. And so along those lines, I also, also think that... Uh, you know, for you lucky listeners uh, that, you know, write in ideas where we want to be responsive to. So we are uh, all about listening to customers as a business, and uh, we want to apply that to everything we do, including product development, including these sorts of topics and making sure that they're relevant and helpful for you. Um, and that we're also uh, not so high on our own opinions that we, we think that we can just dictate to you the way the world ought to work. We want to, uh, to have this be a dialogue. 
Great. And so I'm going to, just before we end, I'm going to just do a quick, uh, quick lightning round of questions. So again, we'll, we'll put some more, uh, character behind you, Jason, but, uh, uh, just do a couple of these. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. So magazines or books? Uh, magazines. Magazines. All right. Interesting. Podcasts or music? Oh, let me go back on that because I have two little kids. So a book is, uh, I make it through very little before I fall asleep. I was going to say bedtime yeah. stories do count as books. Um, all right. So, so podcasts or music? Uh, music. Awesome. Uh, historical or present day? Uh, I, uh, I prefer present day. Uh, I, I much prefer learning about things from the past, but uh, I certainly wouldn't want to live in it. Awesome. Cats or dogs? Uh, dogs. And you have two dogs. We have two dogs. Uh, they can be loud. Uh, you know, they are wonderful little creatures. One was a, a, a stray that we took in, and uh, the, the two of them defend us very, very <laughs> hard. Defend the house. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's awesome. All right. Last question. What is one thing about you that most people don't know, but you think would be uh, interesting if they found out? I don't find very much about myself to be that interesting. Let's... Uh, Came up the other day. Actually, I was I was born in Japan. Uh, really, you know, useless little tidbit. Actually, I know that, and I yeah. always forget that. So that's yeah. a really that's an interesting that and, and interesting tidbit. I think what's interesting about that to me is not how it says anything about me, but the reaction that I've gotten from people that I used to consider intelligent. Like, well, you don't look Japanese, uh, and that's really mind blowing <laughs> when someone says that to me. Uh, there you go. There so. you go. Well, uh, well, thanks as always, uh, Jason, and uh, looking forward to to more of these going forward.